This week on Foamcast Radio, Zuru throws the X-Shot hat in the laser tag ring. Hasbro might be responding to the Darzone Pro, or they might just disappoint us again. A plethora of Requisition Recon and Battlespace Intel awaits you, and two 3D-printed magazine moguls are in the war room to discuss their designs. Listen up and load up. It's time for the biggest podcast in the world dedicated to foam blaster toys. News, reviews, events, and more. And now, recording from the broadcast bunker, it's Ben Anderson, the host of Foamcast Radio. Hey everybody, welcome to the podcast, brought to you this week by my friends at Quick Flag NZ. I've got one quick sit rep item for you. I'm currently looking for people who would like to sponsor the counterintelligence contest. If you have something you'd like to give away to my listeners, send me an email at info at foamcastradio.com. This is a great opportunity to promote a product, your brand, your Etsy shop, or just a way to support the podcast. So get in touch and let's make it happen. This week, I don't have a new Foam Patrol member to shout out, but you can join the Foam Patrol and get your own shout out by going to foamcastradio.com slash merch and ordering a Foam Patrol shirt. All right, let's get into this week's Stratcom. First up, Zuru Toys announced the X-Shot Laser 360 last Thursday. In a video posted to their social media, we found out that this is a pistol blaster that comes with a pair of glasses connected to the blaster by a wire. The glasses have three sensors for detecting hits from any direction. The X-Shot Laser 360 is available now in the US for 30 US dollars. Next up we have the Clear Worker Hurricane. Previously, Worker ran a poll to decide between a transparent or a transparent red version of the Hurricane. Well, Transparent won the poll and Worker has released some images. We're still waiting to find out the release date and the price information for this blaster. Alright, it's time to address the giant foam elephant in the room, the Nerf Ultra 1. Hasbro released a teaser video on Monday on all of the Nerf official channels, and all we really found out from this video is that the official announcement of the Nerf Ultra 1 will be on October 1st. But, fortunately for us, images of both the Nerf Ultra 1 and the new Nerf Ultra darts immediately leaked. From the one image that we have of the blaster, it appears to be a drum-fed flywheel blaster, indicated by the presence of what looks to be a rev trigger. Now, it's unknown if it's going to be semi-auto or full-auto, but what's really interesting is the picture of the new darts. Now, the new ammo is a larger diameter than Elite darts, potentially as large as a Mega Dart, although in my opinion it looks to be smaller than a Mega Dart, and this dart is shorter than either Elite or Mega Darts almost as short as a half-length dart. It also appears to be made of a new material that has the appearance of black styrofoam. Although this hasn't been confirmed, and I would find it very difficult to believe that Hasbro planned on putting styrofoam through flywheels. Now what is interesting about the body of the dart is that it appears to have fins on the trailing end of the dart, presumably to give it stability, and it is solid all the way through instead of being hollow like previous dart designs. You can see the leaked images on my Instagram, at Foamcast Radio, and we're still waiting to get the release date and price information, which should be announced on October 1st. Tune in to a later episode for an in-depth discussion of both the new ammo type and the blaster itself. I'll be right back after the break with your Requisition Recon and Battlespace Intel. 
Foamcast Radio is supported by Surfshark. If you've been listening to Foamcast Radio for a while, you've heard me talk about the importance of using a VPN service to protect your privacy online. After using one of their competitors for a while, I tried out Surfshark and I was blown away. Their service is faster and more reliable than any other VPN service I've tried, and it even includes tracker and ad blockers so advertising agencies can't track you around the web, and now they're offering an exclusive discount just for my listeners. Only $1.99 a month, a lower price than ExpressVPN, NordVPN, or any of their other competitors. And unlike competing services, Surfshark doesn't limit the number of devices you can use on a single account. Sign up for Surfshark right now and get 83% off the normal price. Take advantage of this offer exclusively available to Foamcast Radio listeners by going to foamcastradio.com slash surfshark. That's foamcastradio.com slash surfshark. Thanks to Surfshark for supporting Foamcast Radio. All right, everybody, it's time for your requisition recon. Amazon has the Nerf N-Strike Elite Triad on sale for $4, originally sold for $10. You can also get the Nerf AccuStrike Quadrant on Amazon, now down to $5, originally $10. And it's available for the same price over at Walmart. Amazon has the Nerf Rival 12-round... Amazon has the Nerf Rival 12-round magazine kit on sale for $7, originally $13. And the Nerf Mega Tri-Break, originally $15, is on sale on Amazon for just $8. You can get the Boomco Rapid Reloader at Amazon, down at its... You can get the Boomco Rapid Reloader at Amazon, currently priced at its lowest price ever at $9. Amazon also has the Nerf Zombie Strike Flip Fury on sale, originally $20, it's marked down to just $10. The Nerf N-Strike Elite Delta Trooper, originally $30, is on sale for $21 on Amazon. And they have the Nerf Fortnite AR-L, originally $50, on sale for $40. Over at Walmart, you can get the Nerf N-Strike Elite Infinis, originally $70, marked all the way down to $40. They've also got the Nerf AccuStrike Alpha Hawk, originally $30, marked down to $19. And the Nerf AccuStrike Raptor Strike marked down to $25, originally $50. And the Nerf AccuStrike AccuTrooper, originally $40 at Walmart, is now marked down to $30. They've also got the Nerf Modulus Ghost Ops Evader marked down to $21, originally $37. The Nerf Zombie Strike Scravenger, originally $47, is marked down to $28 at Walmart. And don't forget to pick up the Nerf Zombie Strike Chopstock, originally $15, on sale for $10 at Walmart. The Walmart-exclusive Nerf Rival Camo Series Apollo, originally $25, is on sale for $17 right now. And you can get the Nerf Rival Hypnos, originally $50, marked down to $39. Walmart's also got the Nerf Laser Ops Pro Alpha Point, originally $26, marked down to $13. If you like Nerf Nitro, you can pick up the Long Shot Smash, originally $15, on sale for just $11 at Walmart. Or the Motor Fury Rapid Rally, marked down to $27, originally $15. 50. And don't forget the Nerf Nitro Foam Car Pack. And don't forget to pick up some extra cars. You can get the six pack of Nerf Nitro Foam Cars on clearance for only four US dollars, originally ten. Finally, Target has the Nerf Vortex VTX Pyragon marked down from sixty US dollars all the way down to thirty six. Alright, I've got a couple of coupon codes here for you. If you make a purchase from my sponsor SM Enterprises, use the coupon code FOAMCAST to get ten percent off. 
And if you make a purchase from my sponsor, Flux Sunglasses, use the coupon code FLUXCAST10 to get 10% off. Don't forget to go join the Facebook fan group Foamcast Radio Fans, where I'm constantly sharing giveaways from all the different blaster manufacturers and modding companies. Alright, let's get into this weekend's Battlespace Intel. First, I want to thank my friends at QuickFlagNZ for helping to support the show this week. They're having their Social Battle number 6 in Christchurch, New Zealand on September 28th, and I've got all the info about it posted at foamcastradio.com intel, as well as on our Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at foamcastradio. Coming up on Friday, September 20th, the Garden State Nerf Squad is having their Mod and Loadout Workshop in Paramus, New Jersey. The Verona Public Library is having their Nerf or Nothing event in Verona, Wisconsin. The Utah Nerf Foam Flingers are having their HVZ Tailgate Party and Rules Meeting in American Fork, Utah. The Victoria Foam Blaster Association is having their Season 4 Night 3 in Victoria, British Columbia, Canada. Oregon Dream Teams is having their Nerf Night in Beaverton, Oregon. And the Michiana League of Nerfers is having their Teen and Adult Game Number 3 in South Bend, Illinois. Then on Saturday, September 21st, the Dutch Nerf community is having their general meeting and mod party in Zutphen, Netherlands. The Raleigh Youth Nerf Club is having their Nerfing for Autism charity event in Greensboro, North Carolina. The Utah Nerf Foam Flingers are having their HVZ3 Into the Zombieverse event in Copperton, Utah. The Southern Maryland House of Nerf is having their September 2019 battle in La Plata, Maryland. Alabama United Nerf is having their monthly war number 18-26 in Vestavia Hills, Alabama. The New York Nerf Herders are having their Blasters and Barricades event in Dix Hills, New York. Cedar Valley Nerf Enthusiasts are having their war event in Waterloo, Iowa. Bay Area Foam Sports is having their Season 2 Championship Tournament in San Jose, California. The Maryville Nerfing Nation is having their war event in Maryville, Missouri. SoCal Nerf Wars is having their September 2019 event in Riverside, California. And the Ithaca College HVZ Social Club is having their Sun Tzu Presents the Nerf of War event in Ithaca, New York. Wrapping up the weekend on Sunday, September 22nd, the Cincinnati area Nerf enthusiasts are having their indoor grand reopening event in Cincinnati, Ohio. Nerf Outings Madison is having their monthly outing in Madison, Wisconsin. The Columbus, Ohio Nerf Club is having their Sharp Shot PvP event in Hilliard, Ohio. And the Pacific Northwest Nerf Club is having their Blythe Park Blitzkrieg in Bothell, Washington. Then on Wednesday, September 25th, all the way through Sunday, September 29th, Wasteland Weekend 2019 is happening in Edwards, California. Big thanks to everyone who submitted their events this week. To make sure your event gets mentioned on the podcast, visit foamcastradio.com intel. Foamcast Radio is supported by SM Enterprises. If you're like me, the first thing you do when you get a new blaster is open it up and start modding it. But what if you didn't have to? My friends at SM Enterprises are professional blaster modders with the equipment and experience necessary to provide premium quality, high performance modded blasters at reasonable prices. Their highly rated online store offers many of the most popular blasters in a variety of configurations. Or if you prefer doing the upgrades yourself, they also offer great modding components like pre-cut K26 springs, spring spacers, tools, and more. They even have a variety of ammo types to choose from. 
And for a limited time, SM Enterprises is offering my listeners an exclusive discount. Order now and use coupon code FOAMCAST to get 10% off your entire order. Take advantage of this offer exclusively available to FOAMCAST Radio listeners by going to foamcastradio.com slash smenterprises. That's foamcastradio.com slash smenterprises. Thanks to SM Enterprises for supporting FOAMCAST Radio. All right, everybody, this week I am super excited to have Alice Coatduck and Ton Vu in the war room with me. Alice, you probably know from her YouTube channel and videos, doing lots of cool projects. And then Ton Vu, also known as Tontacles, uh, is the great mind behind things like the Katanha magazines. Um, how are you guys doing today? Oh, I'm doing good. Yeah, doing good. Awesome. Well, I am really excited to talk to each of you about some of the different projects that you've worked on and are working on. Um, before we get into that stuff, though, uh, the first thing that I always like to ask people is about how they got into this hobby. And um, there's a couple of different things going on here. We've got the blaster hobby itself, but then we've also got the fact that you're both um, 3D designers and you make things that can be 3D printed. And so I want to kind of tackle both of those. So first of all, um, how did each of you actually get into the blaster hobby itself? Yeah, I uh, uh, I actually I wanted to buy uh, something for uh, my roommate for Christmas many years ago. I don't know how many. And uh, found a couple of Hammer Prime, some of the early Hammer Prime blasters and thought it was like the coolest. Um, and I hadn't played with blasters since I was you know, the target uh, age for them. Um, so I, I picked them up and then started messing around and then went down the YouTube rabbit hole. And next thing I knew, I was 3D modeling a crossbow so that I could 3D print it. All right. Yeah. And I guess for me, um, right around 2012, that's when I was doing my degree at UC Davis. Uh, there was actually a Nerf club there. And at first, I thought the idea was really silly that, you know, you're just you're playing with toys as like college age kids, you know, and then like, I eventually tried it. Like I had some friends who were like mutual friends in that nerve club. Um, we have this wonderful little map called the Death Star. Uh, it's basically like a huge maze and it's like designed for the social scientists and humanities people so that we, you would get like intentionally confused and you'd have to like ask people for directions. But yeah, but anyway, it's like a, it's this big brutalist design of like a bunch of concrete pillars and like stairways. And basically, it makes for an excellent Nerf map. And when I played my first game of Nerf there, uh, I thought it was like the best thing ever. It was like a lot of fun. It was something new. I'd never really like done that kind of thing. I never expected to do that in college. And then there was like also the modding aspect of it. And I thought that was like the next step. And it's like, wow, people modify stuff. And, you know, I, it just like struck a nerve with me. I thought that was really interesting. And yeah, I started opening up blasters, doing all sorts of modifications and yeah, made a lot of friends in that too. Very cool. Now, one of the things that people know about you guys is that uh, you both like to do 3D designing and design things that can be 3D printed. How did you get started in that aspect of it? And uh, was that before or after actually getting involved with the blaster hobby itself? I guess for me, I got involved after the blaster hobby, like way after. Um, so right around, actually funny thing, like it's around the same time last year as it is now. 
uh, is when we started like releasing these um, 3D printed design for magazines. Uh, I originally got into it because I liked the idea of katana bags. And, you know, as everyone knows, there's a big issue with their distribution, you know, and their reliability. And so I was like, you know, I kind of, this seems pretty easy. I kind of want to just make my own printable, you know, magazine and just release it for everybody. And yeah, basically, that's how I like was motivated to do that. I wanted to like, do something that was better than was already there. And that was like also going to be like available for everybody. So I think I got into 3D printing in like 2010 when there were still like MakerBot cupcakes and those were bouncing around and I saw those at a Maker Fair and wanted to get into that. And then uh, from then I, I taught myself uh, character modeling for video games. I was terrible at it, but I, I did it. And then from there I sort of tried to get into CAD and then eventually... Yeah, it, it honestly started to pick up once I started to design blasters, and and that's where most of my my learning has come from is designing blasters and blaster accessories. Um, and then you know, just like Ton, we sort of did it in parallel when katanas came out. I I thought it was cool, but they're terrible. So yeah, yeah. so uh, I decided to make my own, um, and uh, and I wanted to sort of reinforce the the foundation and sort of cement it as a standard of magazine so that we could all start designing blasters that would take half size mags. Very cool. Well, I definitely want to ask you each about kind of your different ideas and philosophies behind your designs. Before we get into those questions, though, I've got a quick message from one of my hand-selected sponsors, and then we'll be right back. Foamcast Radio is supported by Podcoin. Did you know you can get paid to listen to all your favorite podcasts, including Foamcast Radio? Just install the free Podcoin app for iOS or Android, and every minute you listen earns you points toward gift cards for Amazon, Target, Starbucks, and more. And Podcoin even has an exclusive bonus just for my listeners. When you enter the code FOAMCAST, you'll get 300 bonus points right away. Don't waste another minute listening for free. Install the free Podcoin app and start earning today. Thanks to Podcoin for supporting FOAMCAST Radio. All right, everybody, we are back with Alice and Ton talking a little bit about uh, how they got into the blaster hobby and into 3D printing. And now I want to sort of uh, shift gears a little bit and talk about your different designs and kind of how you came up with these different designs. And Ton, um, I, I want to start out with you and specifically for people who maybe have never seen your magazines before or even heard about them. Can you explain a little bit the ideas behind the actual magazine design that you've come up with? Yeah, so my magazine is called the Katana. It's basically a pun on my name inserted into the word Katana. And the entire idea behind it is that it is a fully screwless, glueless, toolless, and you can basically like field strip it and assemble it pretty easy. No need for like any other miscellaneous stuff. And basically it's modular. So you can actually assemble it in four pieces. There's the base cap, a follower, and two mag halves that are actually mirrored on each other. And all it needs is the foam blast drum spring, which thankfully they've provided. And I think that's actually part of the reason why we had this big magazine revolution to begin with. Uh, and then there's also a little feature where it's like semi-experimental. You can actually extend them with subsections of the same units because it's fully modular. And yeah, it's pretty simple overall. Well, that is definitely a really cool uh, idea and design. And I think that it 
it has definitely taken off uh, in popularity, and people are trying it out and checking it out, especially with, as you mentioned, the distribution and availability issues with katanas. Uh, it's definitely something that a lot of people find uh, pretty appealing, that they can actually just 3D print these magazines, so that's pretty cool. Um, Alice, uh, you have a ton of different designs, lots of stuff that you're working on all the time, um, and so rather than picking on one specific thing and asking you about it, I, I just want to ask you... Um, generally, can you explain kind of some of your design philosophies and maybe pick out some specific things you've worked on and tell us about them? Yeah, sure. So my sort of design philosophy is that it, it sort of comes down to, I guess, creating the, the best product that I think I can make. And that often involves sacrifices. Like, for instance, my my Vorpal magazines, the original ones, they're much more difficult to put together than than katanas. But I think my end product is like I was I was aiming to have the best possible end product. And if that meant that you had to spend 20 minutes assembling each one, then you had to spend 20 minutes assembling each one. And that sort of gets spread out to everything. And so that that means that like when I design blasters and pieces for blasters, I design them as if they were going to be injection molded so that they can be um, uh, stronger and lighter weight. And the less lighter means that you're using less plastic as well. So yeah, that's sort of that's sort of how I approach designing 3D printed blaster stuff. Now, obviously, you each have your own designs for 3D printed magazines. And one of the things that people are definitely going to be concerned about anytime they're talking about using different types of magazines is compatibility. So can you each talk a little bit about how you've worked together on um, sort of handling the compatibility uh, question and trying to keep your designs uh, compatible to some extent? Well, I think uh -huh. mostly it's been fighting over which dimensions and uh, and and which which specifications we want. But I, I think we're both we're we're both committed to the idea of making sure that that it's compatible that we're compatible with each other so that the community doesn't have to pick a side and you know we don't have splintering designs and and everything. Um, and so yeah, it's it's basically just uh, spending a lot of time discussing standards and what we want. But yeah. what do you think, Tom? Uh, I think luckily for us, the standard has sort of already been defined by Chet, right? So we started off making uh, Katana magazines. And so we kind of have like an easy sort of fulcrum to build around. Like, yeah. you know, it's a certain length, it's a certain height, certain width, inserted in a certain way, and the mag catches in the same position, right? So, you know, it's sort of a uh, something I, I think, uh, and then like including some of the other magazine designers too, have managed to sort of build around. And so all of our products that we make are just fully compatible together and they all fit inside the uh, jet katana adapter i think pretty much all of us have a uh, jet katana adapters and so we were all able to like easily test to see if it fits to see if it feeds to see if it catches etc so yeah it sort of makes it standardization pretty easy yeah it's, it's more when we try to deviate from that that we start to get problems it's also really handy to you know if if we want to test something out and make sure it works from printer to printer you know we we can send each other files and uh print them out to make sure that they're compatibility and that you know if i print it on my sh my machine it's going to work and if ton prints it on his machines it's going to work my favorite thing is uh having really really nice calipers to sort of verify the dimensional accuracy of what they expect me to have etc so yeah oh yeah it's absolutely a necessary tool well that's definitely a really admirable feature of both of your designs because like you said it keeps people from having to choose a side and decide you know am i going to make this blaster work with 
the Vorpal magazines? Are, am I going to make it work with the Kathanha magazines? Um, you know, what, what am I going to do with it? Instead, they can just kind of, uh, make one blaster and even have some of each kind of magazine and use them, which is pretty cool. Um, going forward and working on future designs, are there any ways in which you're going to apply this same sort of compatibility philosophy to any future projects that you're working on? Yeah, actually. So funny how you mentioned that. Um, Alice and I are actually in a chat with like a few other uh, 3D mag designers right now uh, trying to standardize over a canted mag, so angled mag. So that way you can sort of have a better aesthetic or you can grip feed them and the darts won't actually be at a weird feed angle. And that way you can actually have like, you know, basically more of that real steel feel where your magazines are angled. Yeah, it's that's mostly... I. All of us together, we must have spent, what, like a week and a half, two weeks trying to decide yeah. what angle we wanted on the magazines. And I think it was Tan wanted a higher angle for, for like four days or something. And I wanted a lower angle. And then we switched opinions. And then we switched sides. <laughs> and I wanted the higher angle and he wanted the lower angle. It was, and so it was like, ridiculous. I mean, yeah. And like out of nowhere, Alice proposes, what if we have 13.37 degrees of a tilt? So it's least. <gasps> And I was like, oh my god, that's such a cool idea. I and, you know, she, she was like totally that. joking about it. And then I was like, no, I want this unironically. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so it was Leap Degree Magazine. It's actually like a great was... compromise, dude, because it's like we want some, some of us wanted 12 degrees and some of us wanted 15 degrees because, you know, 15 is like, that's an even angle. And then like 13 happens to be like right in between all that. <laughs> and like, meanwhile, I was like sweating my butt off trying to make my magazines parametric so that whatever we ended up deciding, I could just punch in the final number and have it work. But that was a nightmare on its own. Oh, yeah. um, I I took a really lazy way and I ported it all into like a graphic design program and did a skew operation on the entire thing. And so it's like, oh, look, one step, skew, (sighs) done. (laughs) Sort of makes things easy for mass production. Yeah, yeah, you know, that's that's fair. I wanted the, the, the bottom of my magazine to, to line up. So that unfortunately wasn't an option for me. But, um, yeah, no, like I was sitting there like trying to figure out how to do it, you know, with math and code and try and make it work. And then like, you know, a couple hours later, Ton messages me and goes, Hey, so I took the Vorpal magazine and hit the skew button and I printed it and it works. Yeah. It's like, it actually feels really nice to have a 15 degree tilted Vorpal mag. Yeah. I'm still leaning towards 15, by the way. I know you were. Yeah. I think 15 actually makes the most sense. Uh, and it's kind of what we all sort of like slowly agree to anyway. You know, it's yeah. a nice simple round number that everyone can remember. And I yeah. think it, that's a good precedent for like future mag designers and future blaster designers. Yeah, exactly. Well, it'll definitely be interesting and exciting to see what you guys come up with. Uh, you you definitely have a bunch of people working really hard um, on coming up with a standard so that kind of you have that same philosophy of compatibility so people can use different designs and stuff. So that's really cool um, and definitely interested to see what the outcome of that is. Now, obviously, uh, you both are coming up with designs and you're posting them on, you know, various places. Um, can you each really quickly just tell us where people can find you both, uh, you know, on different websites, but also on social media? Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm on YouTube, Alice Kotuk, um, and Instagram as well. Uh, and then, uh, Thingiverse, if you want to download anything I've designed, I think I've only got two designs up right now, but lots more in the works and they'll get posted shortly. So I think as a designer, my default is Thingiverse. Uh, you can find my files on my profile. It's the same name that I use everywhere. So it's Tentacles, 
And then if you just search printable katana mag, you'll, you can find Alice and I's results in Thingiverse. Uh, and you can also contact me through Reddit and Discord. And it's, yeah, basically the same name that I use everywhere. So Awesome. Well, I will include all those links in the show notes at foamcastradio.com so people can go and check those out. Uh, before I let you guys go, I've got one final question, the same question I ask all my guests at the end of an interview. And that question is, from each of you, what are your favorite blasters? Yeah, uh, it's kind of a difficult question because I actually have like a lot of uh, favorite blasters and designs that I really like. But the one that I've sort of defaulted to and just ended up using the most by accident was the, the Busby Sentinel. Uh, when I first used it and I first modded it, I thought it was like such a fun and simple design. I love lever action and it doesn't have a bolt slit, which is like the best thing ever. And so, yeah, that actually led me to making my first like real contribution to the community. I made this little mod guide for a thing called the Comrade Breach, where it was basically a, a face seal, uh, bolt that you can derive from like a piece of rubber from like a mega dart and some pvc and then you could just basically like feed darts into this breach that was made for like less than two dollars and yeah it actually ended up working it worked really well too i managed to like use it all the way up to like the tournament level for like bta and stuff like that and i never expected it to be like done that well you know i knew about that but i didn't know it was you until just Uh that's hilarious yeah it's also got like this weird meme culture around it too it's like when the sentinel came out it was like touted as the people's blaster it was like the simple robust easy blaster you can just toss to anybody and anyone can use it and you can upgrade it easily too so and then all of a sudden they fell out of production (laughs) just out of sudden so now it's like hipster to have one I just gave mine away the other day, actually. Oh, yeah. Um, personally, um, I really like the Raven, but it's got two problems with it, which are, okay, two easily fixable problems, and that's the pusher is terrible, and the stock is terrible. So I made a new stock for it um, that has a rapid strike pusher in it, which makes that my favorite blaster is is a raven with a rapid strike pusher and a longer stock is my answer. Awesome. Both great and original answers. Uh, that's really cool that you both kind of have your own versions of things that you like. Well, guys, thank you so much for talking to me today. Yeah, it's a pleasure. All right, everybody, before I sign off, I've got a quick action item for you. Head over to the Foamcast Radio Fans Group on Facebook and answer this question. What is your favorite kind of half-length magazine? Big thanks to Surfshark, SM Enterprises, and Podcoin for sponsoring this week's episode. Please support the podcast by supporting my sponsors. You can find a complete listing of all my sponsors at foamcastradio.com sponsors. Also, thanks to Alice Coatduck and Ton Vu for being my guests this week. And, of course, thank you for listening, and I'll see you on the battlefield. Thanks for listening. Subscribe to make sure you won't miss a single episode. And don't forget to leave us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts. We're on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram, so it's easy to follow us and share this episode with your friends. You can also find us at foamcastradio.com. We can view the show notes, order merch, and more. Tune in next week for a brand new episode of Foamcast Radio. Hi, I'm Ryan Engelstadt, licensed therapist and host of the Best Medicine Podcast, a show where I help people normalize conversations around mental health. I know firsthand how hard it can be to talk about these issues, but there are resources out there. If you're having suicidal thoughts or even just wondering what it would be like if you weren't around, please call the National Suicide Prevention Hotline at 1-800-273-8255. 
Once again, I'm Ryan Engelstad of the Best Medicine Podcast, and I'm here to help too. So if you want to reach out to me through my podcast where I answer listeners' questions, you can find me on Twitter at Engelsry, that's E-N-G-E-L-S-R-Y, or through the Anchor app where you can leave voice messages for my show. Thanks for listening, and thanks for taking care of yourself.